So on this 6th of March coming up, it's the anniversary of Magga Puja. We commemorate an important day in the Buddha Sasana, the Buddha's dispensation. It's the day when the fully self-awakened Buddha laid out a teaching that only happens once in the Buddha Sasana. It's when 1,250 members of the Sangha of bhikkhus, they're all bhikkhus who receive the Ehi Bhikkhu ordination from the Buddha himself. And they're all fully self-awakened or fully awakened arahants. And the Buddha said to them on their ordination, the bhikkhus come, the Dhamma Vinaya is well expounded, come live the holy life for the ending of all suffering. And all these 1,250 monks gathered together without any prior meeting. And they met the fully self-awakened Buddha in the Rajagaha, the monastery of Uiluwana. And the Buddha gave the teaching, a Dhamma teaching, that's the heart of the Buddha Sasana, to abandon all evil, to cultivate the good, we see that this quality of unwholesomeness or bhapa arises through body, speech, and mind. And goodness or wholesomeness also arises in body, speech, and mind, the same. We see that having been born and the sense of self, the sense of me, mine, you, and yours. And we do everything with that sense of self. And that is not wrong. Because to be born uh, the way we have, it's uh, something that's a great blessing, it's a great mangala, a great blessing in our life. But it becomes unwholesome, becomes bhapa, because it becomes too much. If the mind doesn't know about giving, doesn't know about sacrificing. For instance, some individuals have wealth, and they worry too much about that wealth. And then that, when that wealth is lost or goes away, then suffering arises. And so we practice giving and sharing. This makes the mind and heart lighter. We have a mind that has loving kindness and compassion to help those in difficulty, to help the poor or the sick. And this is helping in terms of material wealth. There's also doctors or nurses. They help with knowledge. They give their knowledge and expertise with a heart of loving kindness. They help others. This is also a type of merit that we're able to do. But if we help with a mind of clinging and attachment, and then we don't get the results we wish for, then the mind becomes sad. And this is a type of unwholesome karma of the mind. We see that this clinging leads to unwholesomeness, leads to bhapa in the mind. So we do helping, we do activities with an attitude of giving and sacrifice. We practice generosity with this attitude. Even if we just are able to help a little bit, then we do that. So this quality of generosity, we know it gives rise to happiness, gives rise to ease in the heart. One who gives is one who is beloved by others. One who gives has a joyful heart thinks of giving, doesn't think to hurt others. 
This is something that we're capable of doing. And then if we don't have that quality, then ill will arises in the mind. We see that this quality of wishing to harm, it breaks the peace of the mind, breaks the purity of the mind, makes the mind sad and low. And therefore we have virtue, this quality of sila. We see that the benefits of generosity is happiness, having a bright face, a bright smile. We come and practice together like this. And people have this quality of giving in their hearts, helping out with all the various work to be done, all the different activities. We see many people help out. Each person might only have a little bit. They do. And we do according to our faith, according to our energy and capacity. And in this way, in society, we live together, we're able to live in harmony together. Because we see that if there's one individual who's suffering, they don't receive the help they need, they end up hurting others. And so having this quality of generosity already gives rise to happiness in our minds. This is a kamatana meditation object called Chaga Nusati, the recollection of giving and relinquishing. This is something that we do all the time. And after we do an act of giving, we can write it down, make a note of it. Just like we all have done this morning. We have mindfulness with that, with our meditation object. We also use the meditation object of recollecting the fully self-awakened Buddha who taught the Dhamma, taught to abandon evil, to do good, to purify the mind. So this is something that we do when we set our hearts on to practice generosity, to restrain the behavior of body and speech. And this is a goodness that arises in the heart and mind. And we can also think of goodness that we've done in the past, like offering the four requisites to the Sangha of clothing, food, medicine, and shelter, or building the buildings of the sasana, the various buildings that we use, or caring for sick monks, which is taught to be the same as caring for the Buddha himself. We recollect this merit and goodness. We recollect this is homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dhamma, homage to the Sangha. In this way, joy arises in the mind. And when we recollect that goodness and merit, then this is it in and of itself another merit and goodness that arises right there in the heart. Then we have effort to restrain our behavior of body and speech. For example, like we undertake the five precepts, or practitioners who have come for the retreat, they do the eight precepts. And this is able to abandon to some degree the amount of work and agitation that arises with regard to uh, caring for the body or managing the body. For instance, putting on different scents or makeup or adornments, listening to music, watching entertainment and shows. These are things that the mind gets lost in 
lost in the pleasure of it, lost in those moods. And these are moods and sense impressions that the mind gets lost in a lot. And something that doesn't have value, lacks worth, getting lost in these pleasures, or sleeping or sitting on a high, luxurious bed or seat. This is something that facilitates getting lost in the pleasure of sleep. And then this leads to us not contemplating that this body only has degradation. The body is a heap of degradation, so therefore we can't be heedless. When we do the eight precepts, we practice not to seek out pleasure from sleep, not to seek out pleasure from eating in the evening or afternoon. And there's exceptions if the body is not ready for this and needs to have some more food than they, someone in that case can do the seven precepts. And if the body is ready, then you can do the eight precepts. So when we practice like this, we have the quality of generosity to its completeness. And the benefit of generosity is that we have everything we need in this life or the next. And this quality of giving and sacrificing, it's a type of merit and goodness. So we give, and that's related to outer wealth. And that gives rise to inner wealth, what we call Arya wealth, noble wealth. Noble wealth is generosity, virtue, listening to Dhamma. Just like we're sitting here right now, we're abandoning that which is unwholesome, cultivating the wholesome and purifying the mind. And right now as we're sitting, we can watch the breath, know the breath as it goes in, as it goes out, with boot on the in-breath and do on the out-breath. So you can practice this meditation object and doing that is abandoning unwholesomeness right there abandoning unwholesomeness with regard to body and speech. And then there's still unwholesomeness arising right there in the mind, like greed, wanting to gain, wanting to get, or ill will, wishing to harm, or delusion in the form of wrong view, not believing in uh, bad karma or good karma, not believing in this life or the next, not believing in the power of action and its results. These are all types of wrong view. And this wrong view is the cause for us to be lost for a very long time already. We see that right view, samaditi, it's a straight view with regard to Dhamma practice. We see that we practice Dhamma in order to know, to understand the teachings of the Lord Buddha. This is something that's not difficult because the Dhamma is here already. It's the nature, nature of all conditioned things to arise and pass away. And that nature is here already. The fully self-awakened Buddha is able to see this and know this in order to become the fully self-awakened Buddha. Then the Buddha taught us the way to know for ourselves, the way of generosity, virtue, meditation, For instance, we can see when the Lord Buddha taught uh, Yasa, the son of a rich merchant in the area of Varanasi, 
He taught Venerable Yasa about generosity, virtue, restraining behavior of body and speech. And sometimes his mood, these moods and senses impressions arise, the sense of self arises with them. And sometimes greed, aversion, and delusion arise very strongly. And so when this happens, we have to continually think that our life must end in death. You can ask, well, having been born, does one die? The answer is yes, having been born, all beings must die. And what can you take with you when you die? So why bother getting angry? Why bother having ill will? Because all beings have to die like this. And if the mind dies with a low state or sad state, then one gets born in a bad place. So having known this already, one seeks to abandon unwholesomeness in the mind. <clears throat> to change the object of mind, to change the way we think. Because we see that all beings, all of us, we're all companions and friends in old age, sickness and death. There's not a single one of us that can escape these. So there's no need to hurt anyone because whoever they are, they will grow old, get sick and die all the same. So therefore have loving kindness and compassion for one another. And see that all beings in the world all want happiness. So if someone gains happiness, you can feel happy with them. If they succeed, you can feel happy with them. This is mudita jit, mudita jitta, the mind of sympathetic joy. And sometimes the quality of ignorance is very strong in the mind. And sometimes the mind follows its moods, follows the kilesas, the defilements. In that case, one practices equanimity. Upeka. So one sees that these four divine abidings, the four Brahma-viharas, care very well for the mind, help the mind be stable. And we see when Venerable Yasa was ready, his mind was ready, he had a great amount of faith already. He was able to meet with the Buddha. And he had this feeling of weariness in his mind. So the Buddha taught the Four Noble Truths. Venerable Yasa was able to understand and saw that this quality of suffering of dukkha arises right there in his own heart. And the cause of that was ignorance, ignorance, craving, and attachment. And Venerable Yasa had trained his mind to realize the first jhana already in the past. And he had psychic abilities as well. So in that moment when the Buddha taught, his mind gathered together. The qualities of virtue, collectedness, and wisdom gathered together. Wisdom arose. Wisdom arose, making the mind pure and bright. And on the first occasion the mind gathered together, he experienced the path and fruit of stream entry. He became an, a noble one, an Arya Pukula. So we practice to abandon unwholesomeness, to do that which is wholesome. We know this already. Those who come to meditate and train their mind, they know well about good karma and bad karma, wholesomeness and unwholesomeness. 
that's in order to be firm in one's intent to practice and train the mind. Because we see that many of you here have come from afar, traveled a long way. It's something that's not easy to come to pass. There's many who have given a lot, sacrificed a lot to make this possible. Many of you have helped to manage uh, this retreat to be able to make it happen. So many of you have done that. And also the monastic Sangha has given their time and energy as well. So we all have this quality of faith, this quality of belief, which is something important to have. And this quality of faith is something we need. We need to have faith in the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. Have faith that the Buddha truly did awaken to the truth, had the wisdom to see the truth, and made his mind pure. And it wasn't the Buddha only that did this, but the Buddha then taught the Dhamma, and the Sangha were able to see the Dhamma following in the Buddha's footsteps. So we see whether we're a male lay follower, female lay follower, an ordained monastic, we set our hearts to train the mind to bring about goodness and merit, to make the mind pure and bright. And that which is important is to have mindfulness, to firmly establish mindfulness. For instance, when we listen to the Dhamma like we are now, we set mindfulness to the fore. If the mind thinks here or there and goes outside, then we bring the mind back to the present. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, but you have mindfulness firmly established, then never mind about that. Just set your heart on focusing the mind, bringing the mind to samadhi, peace and collectedness. Because when you practice and train like this already, if you don't understand what I'm saying, but the mind is still, this is good practice already. Because this speaking of Dhamma is for the sake of bringing the mind to peace in order to know the truth, in order to give rise to wisdom. So these qualities of virtue, collectedness and wisdom, we train in them, and they all arise first from faith, and from faith we have effort. These are the five powers, the power of faith, the power of effort, the power of mindfulness, the power of samadhi, the power of wisdom. These are important qualities that have strength and power and energy to them. And firstly, we have the energy and power of faith, which is important. Even if at that point, the wisdom is only a little bit, only a little bit of Dhamma understanding, that faith gives this quality of firm striving. One's able to give everything to sacrifice, and one gives rise to a mind at ease. And so we have practiced giving material wealth, giving our time. We have this firm seeking, the mind that seeks the Dhamma with steadfastness. So therefore, may you all set your hearts on this. May you all set your hearts on this mental cultivation. May you grow in blessings. <laughs>